coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States. It's the TH Cinema Podcast. everybody to the TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Snort, and with me, as always, is the Dynamos to my Donna. I don't get that. My, my. <laughs> the Bill and Harry to my Sam. I don't get that either. Oh, you want to know them. Don't worry. Yeah. Dan. Hello. Silent John. Hello. And Frank couldn't be here today. So, we just got done smoking some weed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And tonight, guys, tonight is the whole reason that I pitched the idea of theater camp. Because I wanted to watch this movie and review it on the podcast so bad. Guys, tonight we're watching Mamma Mia. Dan, why are you rubbing your eyes like in, in like anguish over there? It's not about the movie itself. It's more that she set us up this entire time. <laughs> This was her muse all along. We hey, gotta get to Mamma Mia. I gave you guys each a pick also. I could have claimed the whole month. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You very well could have. So yeah, tonight we're watching Mamma Mia, which, Dan, you have never seen before. Nope. Silent John, you, you have seen before. Correct. And? I, like I said, you know, at the end of the last episode, I... This this movie, I guess, for me needs needs a second viewing. I walked away from it like not like meh the first time. It was it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't. I don't know. I didn't love it. But that was also when I was still more like against musicals than for. So I think with that lens today, I'm gonna probably enjoy it a lot more because regardless of how I felt the first time, the soundtrack. I mean, play that on repeat. It gets stuck in the head so easily. That's what I'm so excited to watch it, this for tonight. The music obviously is incredible, ABBA. You will be singing it while you're watching it because you already know the music. You've never even seen the movie, but you know the music. Isn't that great? <laughs> You'll be dancing like this movie is contagious. Like its energy is contagious. It visually looks amazing. Beautiful colors. And you have some of the big, you know my favorite thing in musicals now, Big dance numbers. This has some of like the biggest musical numbers I've ever seen in a movie. Bigger than Nudist Colony of the Dead? By far, yes. <laughs> Will it give me as much joy as Hinky Dinky Dude on Morning? It'll give you more. I promise you. I promise Mama you. Mia. <laughs> Snort, how devastated would you be after giving that grand description of this? Only for Dan to go, I hate Ava. <laughs> I, I do want to point out that after John's description of his first viewing of this and walking away in that meh kind of feeling, I am worried that I'm going to be walking away from this in a similar John's first viewing fashion. Don't don't let me dig that grave too deep because like I, I say meh like loosely. I'd still had a good time. I think I, I think I just I don't know. I was hating just to hate more or less because I was like musicals. What is that jargon? I don't want to watch that. No, I think I really, really do think that you're gonna like this movie, but okay. So to rewind a little bit, let's rewind back to 2008. 
when this movie came out. Okay. Our our Dark Lord. Our Dark Lord, two thousand eight. <laughs> Before there was Barbenheimer, guys. You know what there was? There was Mama Knight. I just made that up. I don't know if that's really what it's called. But the Dark Knight and Mama Mia they came out on the same day. Can I just? Can I make one change? What? Can we call it Night Mama? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's kind of fun too. But so it was like one of the biggest like movie like theater weekends in like ever at that time. And obviously everyone knew that the Dark Knight was going to be enormous and people thought Mamma Mia was just going to be okay. But the Dark Knight grossed 1 billion and Mamma Mia like got 610 million. That that's not bad. Yeah. That's a lot that, that's for impressive. a musical yeah. too. Pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, it seems like one of those movies that probably had a lot of legs to it. And I'm sure all the people, you know, who couldn't get to The Dark Knight, probably a lot of sellouts. Well, fuck it. We'll go see Mamma Mia instead. Yeah. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot <laughs> the of crowd, crowd audience. Like some guy walking up in a fucking Heath Ledger Joker mask like, oh, they're sold out of Dark Knight. Guess I'm going to go see Mamma Mia. But you saw it with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Maybe. I, this, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Or let me say, Mamma Mia and the Dark Knight walked so Barbie and Oppenheimer could run. In a sense. I still I still would say Barbenheimer was more of a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, because the internet also. But I, you're right, Dan. I I was realizing that at the end of that sentence, I was like, oh fuck. Maybe what I meant was like, in the sense of Barbenheimer, like the true like movie fans would be like, yeah, okay. Whereas maybe the comic fans are like, yeah, we'll just get another another showing. Yeah, as long as the Joker face paint doesn't like sweat off while they're uh, waiting. They're just going to reapply in the bathroom. Maybe it sweated, sweated off uh, singing the tunes of Mamma Mia. Who knows? We'll never know. Could be. Maybe they were that into ABBA. <laughs> never know. But, so so the movie Mamma Mia came out in 2008. But, this was a musical before in 1999. So the, the musical was adapted from ABBA songs. And then the movie was adapted from the musical. Okay, so it was a legitimate like stage musical for yes. a while. And then it got Turned adapted. In, much, th- much like the upcoming... Escape to Margaritaville. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. So what I read online is that, and who knows if this is just like Hollywood lore or what, but Meryl Streep saw Mamma Mia, the musical, on stage, and she was the one that wanted to make it, like, was like, this needs to be a movie or something. Oh, this is Meryl's baby. I, know, I mean, I don't think it's her baby, but maybe it was like she gave the idea to someone. I see. I even if that's false, I wouldn't question it. I think she has that kind of pull. <laughs> Meryl wants to do it. Yeah, fuck, we're doing it. Yeah. Okay, so Dan, we know that you haven't seen this movie before. I feel like you're gonna fight with me on any pick that I pick, because that's just how this uh this series has gone. But where do you stand with Abba? I'm I'm okay with Abba. I I appreciate. The ABBA, you know, my my parents growing up listened to a bunch of 70s music and stuff, so ABBA was, it's a nostalgic sound for me. I'm not like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to go catch this ABBA cover band, like ABBA fan. <laughs> I'm not a Ab- ABBA cadabra, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it's because they're magical. Abacus? There's got to be a term out there somewhere. Oh, yeah, there's got to be one. 
There's so many tribute bands to this. Maybe, maybe they're abitches or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, we're all abitches. No, I think it's something nicer than that because they're Swedish. I don't think they're going to just call people bitches like Americans do. Well, I'm just thinking about the American, like, fan, oh, okay. fan support okay. group of ABBA. Okay. Yeah, that is definitely ABBA bitches. <laughs> but whatever they are calling themselves, I'm not like a, I'm not a card-carrying member. I'm not like a big fan. It's, but I appreciate the ABBA of it all because, like, I'm a, I'm a big Eurovision guy and I love Eurovision and I love the history that it has. So, like, from that perspective, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck with some ABBA. So, yes, this movie has, like, the Eurovision vibe because, obviously, the ABBA songs. But it is also a jukebox musical. See, I I have a problem with jukebox musicals as a whole because I believe in the purity of the stage. And I feel like jukebox musicals are less than real musicals. Do you think it's, like, more of, like, a ripoff? Kind of thing? Yeah. Hmm. What about if, and I don't I don't really know any off the top of my head that are like this, but what about if the artist of whoever the music is from is involved with the show? That's a little bit different. Okay. Because that would be something where it's like, okay, this is what I was going for with these songs, with these albums. Mm-hmm. I appreciate this story. This is the story I was trying to tell, especially if it's something like an opera. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a rock opera, mm-hmm. you know, like a Pink Floyd thing or a fucking Ziggy Stardust, something like that, right. where it's it's a set story already within the album itself, because that's just a musical that's just not on stage yet. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really like jukebox musicals because I like just already going into it, already like knowing the songs and stuff like that. It just makes it more fun and enjoyable, I think. But... If I had to compare, like, jukebox musicals to, like, original stage productions and stuff, you know, I would say jukebox musical is, like, movies. Stage productions, like, original, is, like, film, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, you that's, still enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, like, oh, they're less than and people shouldn't appreciate them. I'm saying that I just think, because it's, like, the karaoke version of a musical. Okay. That kind of feels like a perfect way to coin it. Can I just ask, like, what are some other jukebox musicals? Because I've been trying to think the whole time you guys have been, like, conversing. And all I got is Mamma Mia. Like, what else is out there? What am I not remembering? Well, Jersey Boys was the first jukebox musical. Moulin Rouge, Rock I, of Ages. I have seen Moulin Rouge. That's uh, not bad. A uh, lesser known Escape to Margaritaville. Hey. <laughs> Maybe it'd be my favorite. There's that Across the Universe one that's like the Beatles mm. music. Yeah. That'd be I haven't fun. seen that one. I'd be into that. Huh. But yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, just going through that list, I think I would probably lean the other way myself. Like, those are fun, but I don't know. Give me something original. Even Pitch Perfect counts as a jukebox musical. The, I, I would agree with that. That one feels like an iPod Shuffle musical. <laughs> yeah, that that's that might be. I mean, a jukebox is an iPod Shuffle, it but <laughs> I, I feel at least like when you're comparing it to like Jersey Boys or Mamma Mia, yeah, they're that is lesser than. While they're not singing their emotions, they're singing a song about their emotions. Fucking Pitch Perfect's a little bit more like we're just a singing a song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, Sing is more of a fucking jukebox musical <laughs> than Pitch Perfect in my mind. Pitch Perfect is tier three. Yes. They're, they're I down agree. there. I agree. Okay. So the question arises then, guys. If you could turn anything into a jukebox musical, what do you take it? Okay. I've got I've got two that I'm gonna throw out here. Okay. Okay, first one's really easy. It's uh David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. I think that would be a perfect jukebox musical from start to finish. Just okay. as like a stage production, because it's all about like, you know, a fucking dude coming down from space and love and trying to save the world mm-hmm. and like, you know, very you Surprised know. it's not already. Yeah, he, I think he tried it back in the 70s. Oh, okay. But not like fully. You know, it was the 70s and it was weird in <laughs> New York at that time. The, but the other one that I would like is more like a Rock of Ages type thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's a like genre of music. And it's all just like angry new metal. Oh, I'm into that. Are we gonna get a biscuit up here? Oh, there's definitely biscuit. It's all it's all about like a guy who's just at it. He's at his. He's done. He's fucking done. Uh, he's wor- walking down from his corporate job, taking off his tie. He, uh, fucking, you know, it's just been one of those days when you don't want to wake up. <laughs> Everything is fucked. Everybody sucks. Big dance number in the background on the streets. Oh, 100%. of course, of course. <laughs> Lots of red caps. I could just see like a prop motorcycle, like even even like a painting of one just getting moved along, not even a real <laughs> And then it's like a falling down Michael Douglas scenario where he's just going like crazy on the town and you got fucking like Lincoln Park, you know, I'm about to break everything you said. Yeah, just all all sorts of new metal. Ends up with Nickelback, you know. This Ooh, is how you remind it? me as he's getting like uh, fucking uh, executed. You might get some walkouts once you get Nickelback. <laughs> you had me until there. Those are fun. I like those. What well, the one I keep circling back in my head would be like the Beach Boys pet sounds. Because Ooh. I feel like it could be like the story of just like a lonely man, honestly. But there'd be a lot of like really cool things you can incorporate because of like the sounds that they incorporated to the album. It'd be mm. kind of fun. What's what's the setting? Do you set it in like surf culture fifties? I I mean, I feel like you kinda have to. I, I I don't see it any other way in my head. Well, I don't really have my story figured out, and mine's not from a specific album or anything. I want a collection of Britney Spears. <laughs> I feel like that would be great in a musical. Oh, I think it's just a biography. You think Ooh, so? I think yeah. it's a Britney Spears life story jukebox musical. The scene where she's singing Toxic and she's shaving her head would be fucking Tony Award winning. Yeah, that's all I'm seeing. Like, it's going to be amazing. You have, like, a whole dance number with umbrellas and stuff, you know? That would be fucking badass. Um, But if we can just do someone's music based off, like, their life story also, I'm going to add another one. I would like a One Direction one. And I would like, because they had the split, you know, when Zayn left, I think that would be good. What if you do like a One Direction Jonas Brothers like fucking like crossover musical? Stop. I don't think I want that. Oh, thank you. I like to keep them separate because yeah, because you could do the One Direction like starting on X Factor and stuff. You know, it would be so good. I'm just picturing like VH1 behind the music with One Direction for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Angry Simon Cowell singing at them. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard in a very long time. He is on that show, isn't he? Yeah, he's the one he's that the one like that discovered them and fucking yeah, put them together. How do I know stuff. this? He like was their like manager, producer, or something like that. I'm aware of that. I just I don't 
I'm not active in the Simon Cowell verse, I guess. It's not that. It's the One Direction part of it. Well, you said Simon Cowell, so that's what I'm thinking of. Those tight black tees? Well, the jukebox musical we're watching today is going to be just as good as all of those ideas. And the best thing about this, well, one of the best things, is the fucking cast. Okay. We have Meryl Streep, Amanda Seyfried, Pierce Brosnan, Stellan Skarsgård, Colin Firth, and a bunch of others. <laughs> it's a great cast. It's incredible. And I think you'll be able to tell when we're watching this, but they do all their own singing. It's really them singing. That's impressive. No Zac Efron foolery in this one. <laughs> that was, the I think, maybe the biggest thing that stood out to me on the first watch. I, I was like, whoa, whoa, that definitely sounds like Pierce Brosnan like, actually doing his thing. And I appreciate that. That's definitely something that, like, when you told me for the Efron, like, don't get me wrong, the glass of that movie was already really small. But when you said that and shattered it, it was like, okay, there's nothing left. (laughs) Well, just no going into this. That is not the case. Okay, okay. Because I really do think that this movie, I think you guys are really going to like it. I love it. I think it's a great movie. Like, just overall a good movie. And I think it's the best movie we're watching this series. Uh, I don't know. We literally had a discussion earlier about how these are second to actual musicals. No, but but this movie is oh, better okay. than anything else. Okay. I, okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, are you guys ready to watch Mamma Mia? Here we go again. Bye bye. Now, our feature presentation. I found the movie. We didn't really have snacks. And we're back. (laughs) At dinner, not snacks. (laughs) And we just watched Mamma Mia. My, my. Can this just be called Mamma Mia, Who's Your Daddy? Okay, initial thoughts around the room. I'm going to go second best musical we've watched at theater camp so far. That feels like high praise, I think. <laughs> I mean, look, the competition I know. on stage wasn't that good for a few of them. Yeah, like I feel like I, this, was, this was an obvious choice. If it wasn't at least second, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> NCOTD for life. <laughs> no. I'm a little disappointed. That should even go there. I I gotta say, I definitely enjoyed it more the second time around. This movie is just a lot of fun. I am I I don't know if I want to say I'm impressed by how many songs they got into this thing, or if I'm upset by how many songs, and maybe that's why I felt a little bit on the long side. But overall, I mean, I feel like everybody filming this had a blast, and you can see that on screen. And because of that, like I don't know, I feel kind of like gleeful on the second go around. That's why I said, like, in the meet on the first half was that this movie's energy is just contagious. Like, it's so, oh, it's so good. I had such a great time watching this. No, it was a very well done movie. It was a good, it was a very good musical. Uh, Meryl Streep was fucking great. I loved her Amazing. in this. She was fucking into it. And you could tell, like, like you said, the energy was there. The, the three dads were all fucking great. Pierce Brosnan, like, I didn't know he could fucking sing. He was James Bond. 
<laughs> Amanda Seyfried? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't expect anything less from Amanda Seyfried. Well, shall we get into this? Here we go again. My my. Well, we start the movie off with Sophie singing I Have a Dream and mailing three letters off to uh, Harry, Sam, and Bill. Okay? Then we fast forward to what we assume is Harry, Sam, and Bill running about their towns with their luggage, getting following the invitation. Yeah, I get that. It's like if somebody comes out of the woodwork 20 years later and says, hey, I'm your daughter, I'm getting married. Like, wait, what? You you, you fucking go. You fucking run for it. But he, they don't know that, that, that it's her, their daughter yet. They just got a random invitation from Donna. Donna, the mom. Oh, that's what the story was? Yes. Oh, I thought that the girl was like, hey, motherfuckers. No, oh, that explains that why was, they were so confused at the end scene spoilers. That was her goal, is what, what you were thinking, yes. <laughs> it's just not exactly how it started. Mama fucking Mia, man. <laughs> so then we see Sophie's friends show up to the island of Greece that she lives at. Oh. And it's wedding day tomorrow. Sophie's engaged. A blanket statement for theater camp. These little fucking dances that her and her mom fucking do when they see their friends. Like, fucking no. Oh, I love it. They're just all so excited. Look, I'm happy that they're happy. But let's just turn it down just a few. A few notches. See, I'm not that person at all. Never in my life would have you ever and will you ever see me do that. See, and that's why we're friends. We're not causing a scene. <laughs> we're not causing a scene. There's no screeches out in public. And think, too, at a location like this, if I'm a guest there and I'm trying to relax and that's what I hear, I don't no, love it. You're excited because no. everyone's happy. No, this energy, isn't fucking energy. Ibiza. It's all right. wedding weekend. This is a fucking quiet, sleepy fishing island in the middle of Greece. This is my getaway, my peaceful, tranquility getaway. And these motherfuckers are screaming on the dock already. <laughs> this is going to be a long fucking weekend. Well, it's going to be a long weekend. But things are getting wild because Sophie tells her friends that she's invited the three people that are potentially her dad to her wedding. And she found it, found these guys in her mom's diary. And she reads the names dot dot dot. You know what that means. Ooh, sexual innuendos. If we get into the Honey Honey song. I don't remember this song. Well, this is explaining, this is like when she's explaining like all of the, oh, this basically is the that one Donna like, slept with three guys at the same time. And they were like, let's get through all the exposition in this one song. And they took a break and they said something. Yep, I remember it now. Is this the one where she's just kind of like overworked and really tired? No, this is no, the one Sophie later. is singing. Oh, Sophie's Amanda Seyfried. So, Donna no. is Meryl Streep. Can we just call them their names? Yeah. Okay. That makes they're, it so much human easier. Beings. They're they're not characters. Yes, they are. This is a movie. And you're doing a, a movie. movie review. You're a movie review. Hold on. Pause. Can I have a blanket statement on this one, actually? <laughs> there are so many songs in this, and I'm self-admittedly not like a big ABBA person. I know the like the main ones. Like, you're not a habit. I'm not, unfortunately. Would love to get the invitation. So 
Uh, some of these songs are going to take me a minute to come back to. Okay. Just want to, that's my blanket statement. I'm not okay. going to, when you say the name of the song, I might be a little confused and mis, misplace some characters. So just bear with me, please. Okay. Okay. We'll go, we will go by actors' names now. Okay. Yes. So we meet Meryl Streep right after the song. And you, we realize... you could just call her Meryl. You could just call her Meryl. Okay. Well, it's the first time I'm fucking introducing her, so I will call no, her no, not, not, Meryl not, Streep. Not, not just you. Like, I'm saying, like, Meryl, Meryl is like a Madonna. You just can say Meryl. Oh, it's well, yeah. It's Meryl. She's obviously. like Cher. But I think, Meryl. yes. But when you first introduce her, you show her some respect. Okay, I just call her Streep. Nobody ever does that. <laughs> I want to spice it up. Like, if there was fucking royalty tags in America, she would be a lady. Like a dame. Dame Meryl Streep. Oh, yeah, for sure. Her and Oprah. Oh, for fucking sure. Well, Meryl Streep is Amanda Seyfried's mom. Okay. Then we're fast forwarding to the dad. They're on their way to the island. They all have linked up and they're on, uh, what was what scars? Catters call him scars garden. Scars guards boat. <laughs> so we're kind of learning a little bit more about the personalities of the dads, but we don't know they're the dads. I I gotta say I just love when the boys get together though. I know they weren't meant to, but anytime the three of these these guys are just hanging out, getting into some shenanigans, I find it so brilliant. I fucking love the dads so much. I'm going to gush about them this entire review. Because I, they are so adorable. They remind me of like DuckTales. <laughs> like it's Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Pretty much. Well, we've got some more people showing up because Meryl's friends are showing up. I don't know what their actor's name is. Christine Baranski. Yes. Is she the tall one? Mm-hmm. With the bangs? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're the dynamos because that's how we get the uh, entrance for one night only. Uh, somehow they were louder than the younger gals, I feel like. Again, no thank you. Just a blanket no. Well, our next character we're meeting finally is Amanda Seyfried's fiance. I have no idea who, what his name in the movie or real life is. I think his name was Sky in the movie. It was Guy, yep. And I thought I when he fucking popped in, I thought he was the gay best friend in this movie. <laughs> that's that's a fair assumption. He, his name's Dominic West. He's been in a couple things. I'm sure you both have seen him, um, but I could not list those things right now. He unfortunately was the weak spot in this movie for me. Yeah, I mean he's not in a whole lot. Yeah, but... it's it's not really his story. It's the dad's story, but still, come on. Yeah, they should have gotten Zac Efron in his voice actor. <laughs> I, you know, I would have taken that. Well, th- th- we get our next song, which is the hotel, like, money, money, money song, where Meryl is singing about just how life is hard, and we get her dream sequence of her on a boat. Yeah, the, this <laughs> this hotel owner on a Greek island is singing, and all of her, like, peasant workers that live in the hills of these, of this fucking hotel... And come to work in the kitchens and slave away. Are like, oh, this poor lady, money, money. <laughs> this, I mean, she's essentially just having a breakdown. And then it culminates to what feels like a reenactment of the Titanic. This time there's jet skis, though. <laughs> but this is like one of the first bigger songs that we get. Like with a lot of people and stuff in it. One of our bigger musical productions. 
big, big old fucking number. This was actually where I started thinking like, wow, this movie's doing a very good job of using these songs in the context of the songs and the scenes and using it to explain the motivations of the characters. This is a true like jukebox musical, not like a fucking that thing you do. The pitch where, perfect you know, yeah, one. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's not just singing for the purpose of singing. Yeah. So the dads are on the island now. They have arrived in their sunglasses, looking all cool. And Sophie is staring at him, but she can't figure out which one is her dad because when she looked in their his their eyes, she would know. But they have sunglasses on. Get it? Oh, is that a bit? Yep, that was a bit. Oh, I didn't know that. So she smuggles them into the attic to hide them from Meryl, but. <laughs> like Anne Frank. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm Jewish. It's fine. <laughs> not the reference I would have expected with Mama Mia. Wait, wait. When you hear "attic," do you not think Anne Frank? <laughs> You're not wrong. I just this movie's so happy, and that's just yeah. <laughs> my my. <laughs> yeah, because Meryl finds the dads in the attic, and guys, we get the song. They did the thing, Mama Mia. Here we go again. So, what is your guys' thoughts on the Mamma Mia performance? I enjoyed it. I I think I enjoy it more towards the end of the movie than this first little... What? That's a... Oh, okay, never mind. They play it at the end, don't they? Because is it this scene? It feels like it's like a shorter version than what you get at the end, or am I wrong? No, this one's like the longer is one. Is it? Yeah. I guess the last one is so fresh in my brain, I don't remember this one too well. She's like on the, Meryl's like on the roof and stuff. And it's like, should she or shouldn't she like look in the cabin or look in the roof, you know, and go in there to the dads? Oh, oh yeah. This one was great. Okay. Because this is where we get the flashbacks of what they look like when they were younger, right? She She's like peeking through. It's starting yeah, through. That, that's, yeah, where, yeah. that's where it starts. Yeah. 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 I liked it. <laughs> All that to get to, I liked it. I just felt like we took a long time to get there. I don't want to waste more time. I I was very surprised that they blew their Mamma Mia wad like within the first four songs, five songs of the movie. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's an important moment, you know, but it's kind of it compared to the rest of like the big performance. It's kind of like uh, toned down, you know, for it being like the song. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it just felt underwhelming to me. But yeah, we come yeah. back around to the spectacle. Well, Donna falls through the roof into the dads. And she has no idea why they're there. And she wants them gone. So she's sad, finds her friends, tells her tells her friends that she doesn't know who Amanda Seyfried's dad is. And that it could be any of them. So they go back looking for the dads, don't know where they are, and then we get the song. Because Donna's upset, and the dynamos are going to cheer her up with Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen. Another one where, like, this one got me in the first half, because I was like, this is going to be very underwhelming if they're just going to sing this in this fucking apartment. You said that live watching it. Mm -hmm. 
But then when they fucking came out and made all their uh, made all their peasant fucking workers dance with them also. They didn't make them dance. It was a liberating moment that all of the women joined forces together to celebrate women's sexuality. Because they were celebrating that Meryl slept with three guys at the same time and that's no fucking K. I didn't say it wasn't, but this is also where I came up with my theory about this island. Okay. See, my theory is that at some point during their, like, Abattoir 82, their plane hit, like, a bad patch of turbulence, and Abba landed on this island. And they were so grateful for the hospitality of the people that lived there that they performed for them. And it was, like, the first time that any of these people had seen, like, a big light show and fireworks and stuff like that. They'd been on this isolated Greek island this whole time, way before Meryl got there. So they have this, like, religious reverence for ABBA. So anytime any ABBA starts being sung or played, they have to break into full dance numbers. That's how I rationalized all the music in this. It's just cultural. It's an ABBA cultural thing for this island. I mean, no, but you can do what you want with that thought. (laughs) It just sounds like some ABBA worship going on, somehow or another. The original ad bitches. <laughs> Live and in person. But, okay, well, this Dancing Queen number is my favorite of this whole movie. It is so good. And whenever they jump out or, like, Meryl pushes the two friends off into the water and then jumps in the water and then everyone's jumping in the water and everyone's so happy having a great time. Like, I love it. Yeah, that's the cultural ritual when Dancing Queen is sung. You have to fling yourself to the sea. It, that, see, and that's the part that sold me on it because I I agree with Dan. At the beginning of the song, I was starting to get that underwhelming feeling. It's like this is such a big song, but then it goes and goes and crescendos into something so amazing. Like like you said, Snort. It's like everybody's just kind of hopping onto the queen train. Like yeah. every you know woman in town is just like, I want to be a part of that. And yeah. It's a pretty cool moment. And so many again, huge musical number. Well, after that. Amanda Seyfried goes and chases down the dads. The dads are telling their individual stories to Amanda Seyfried of how they met Meryl. And we get last summer with Amanda Seyfried hanging out with the dads and just doing their little things, you know. I love this song. is so sweet. Yeah, another moment where I was taken aback by how well the song was used within the movie for it not being an original piece for the movie. Yeah, I agree, because I, I think this scene is maybe one of my favorites in the whole movie, and it, you kind of get a little slice of each one of the guy's chops, what he's what he's bringing to the table, and I think they all honestly kind of crush it. Yeah, I love their singing, too. You could tell that they're not, like, professional singers, you know, but it's just so sweet. But that's what I like, is, like, it's almost like they have a unique voice, especially Pierce Brosnan. I think, especially... Th- in the second viewing, he blew me away even more than the first time. I just, yeah. there's something that's so different about the way he sings that I'm like, it's just fascinating. I agree. And it just gets better and better throughout the movie. Well, the fian- fiance shows up and we get the Lay Out Your Love on Me song on the beach. Yeah, it's fine. It's- uh, you could say it. This whole scene's just awkward to me. <laughs> I don't, it's just weird. As someone with memory fucking retention issues, completely forgettable. 
The coolest thing to come out of it is like when all of like his friends come out of the water. That's what yeah, it's got going for. Yeah, they're doing the funny dances with yeah. the like little flipper things on. Their boys will be boys moment. Yeah. Because they're separating because it's the bachelor and bachelorette parties because it's wedding eve. And for one night only, Donna and the Dynamos are back. And we get super troopers. And it's amazing. Snort, is this your your favorite song from this movie? No. I just like it a lot. You were moving the most of this song. (laughs) That's why I ask. It's just the funnest because they have their choreographed dances, and I fucking love it. The outfits, everything. It's iconic. Yeah, it felt like a very uh, very special performance. I wish I could have been a part of that you know, special crowd. Well, maybe if you swung in on a goddamn rope, you could have been. <laughs> it's that easy? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Just well, got to be a fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> well, the dad show up, even though the guys aren't allowed, at the party. And we get the Gimme, Gimme, Gimme song. Well, uh, the girls have gone insane. And they are tying up Skarsgård and Colin, uh, not Farrell, Colin Firth. <laughs> so the second musical we've seen that involves fucking bondage. This has been a very thirsty theater <laughs> camp season. Yeah, yeah, it has been. Yeah, Mamma Mia is pretty, pretty tense in the section. <laughs> Who would have thought <laughs> High School category. Musical was going to be the fucking most wholesome thing we watched <laughs> during musical fucking season? I hate it. Well, so throughout these parts, we get like just little things between Amanda Seyfried and the different dads of her trying to figure out who her dad is. So during this scene, though, is whenever everything is starting to click and the dads are starting to realize that Amanda Seyfried could be is their daughter, but they're all having the same thoughts. But I think... So, spoiler. At the end of the movie, we never find out who the real dad is. Okay? I think, though, my guess really is on Bill. Because... No. Oh, that's Skarsgård. Thank you. We already went over I'm sorry. All my notes are in the characters' names, too, so it's difficult to do. Well, what's tough is there's Bill Skarsgård as well. I know. (laughs) It's just another factor. Wait, Bill Skarsgård's in this? No. But maybe... Because Skarsgård's character's great aunt left them their family's money because it was family, you know? That's why I really think it's him. That's just your family instincts kicking in. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, man, what a, what a pr- predicament that she gets herself into here. Like, she had to have known at some point this, you know, move to get all of her dance here was going to backfire on her at some point, right? I think I think she thought maybe they would know. But this is the first time that we hear Skarsgård say that he's the dad. And he'll walk her down the aisle. So after this, the boys start showing up from their bachelor party. And we got, get the voulez-vous song. And things are going insane. There's just circles of people everywhere. Sam, I'm your father. Pierce Brosnan. I'm your father. Colin Firth. I'm your father. I'm walking you down the aisle. Everyone's going crazy. Circle dancing. Sophie passes. Amanda Seyfried passes out. It's a lot. This movie's a lot. 
I stand by my first statement. This movie is called Mama Mia, Who's Your Daddy? There's a lot of dad action in this scene alone. It, I was starting to feel anxious for Amanda Seyfried's character. Like, it was just like, whoa, everywhere I turn. Dad here? No, dad there. Dad above? Dad, ugh. So Amanda Seyfried passes out, and then we get the next day. And it's wedding day, guys. Bells are ringing. And Meryl and her friends, and Amanda Seyfried and her friends, separately are coming up with the same plans to distract the dads and keep them separated so Amanda Seyfried can figure out who's her dad and who's going to walk her down the aisle. So, they have their plans. They're keeping the dads separated. Meryl and Amanda get into a fight because Amanda Seyfried thinks that... Meryl doesn't want her to get married and stuff and gets mad because she doesn't know who her dad is. Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan talk. And this is when you kind of really figure out that, like, Meryl likes all the dads, you know, but this is, like, her dad. That's the one that got away. This is her true love. Yeah. They definitely had some magic between them every single time they were on screen. Yeah, because now we get the SOS song, and I fucking love this one, too. My favorite song of the whole movie. This is your. Man. This is yours. Yeah, I, it's like I said. There's something about Brosnan's voice, and then him and Meryl just going at it. It's oh, it was it was an earworm that I'm gonna listen to all day tomorrow. Well, another one is because Tanya and Colin Firth are on a boat. He jumps off, and then the like bartender beach guy i think he was a bartender or something he just works there i don't know he jumps on the boat and you find out that him and tanya slept last night together and we get the does your mother know song (laughs) (laughs) with her on the beach with all of these men the the bartender dude was another guy that the entire time i was like this guy's clearly gay i mean but he wasn't but i was gonna say yeah but then like (laughs) that took me really off guard I thought he was just like a flirty gay bartender at this at this resort. Like when he didn't show up with Colin Firth at the end, fucking plot twist. I was very surprised. <laughs> is it fair to say her name's Tanya? Yes. Is it fair to say that she uh, is this appropriate term slays in this whole performance? <laughs> I would say appropriate. It is a good one, but so stuff is happening. All the dads are going up to. Meryl Streep basically saying that they know that they're the dad. Okay. Finally, Amanda Seyfried tells her fiance what she's done and he gets mad and you don't know if the wedding's going to go on or not. Things are tense on wedding day. But the wedding's going on. (laughs) Whoa, that was resolved quickly. (laughs) Yeah. That's how fast this movie moves. But it's funny. That was my exact thought. I was like, wow, this, this isn't going to happen. And then, bam, we're going to get ready for the wedding. <laughs> yeah, because Amanda Seyfried asked Meryl Streep to go help her get ready for the wedding. We get the Slipping Through My Fingers song, which is a sweet mother-daughter moment. And Amanda Seyfried asked Meryl Streep to walk her down the aisle. Oh, Very touching. Meryl really sold it in this scene. She She had that look. When she asked where she was holding back tears, but she was so happy. Oh, I felt I felt so happy so for her. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, Meryl just crushes this movie. Meryl Streep's baseline is fucking 190%, but she definitely went like 212 in this. She, uh, what do we say? Committed to the bit? She was all for it, and I think the movie's better for it. 
I think she just is this character. Like, this is her. But what about uh, Amanda Seyfried riding the mule to her wedding? Any thoughts? No, I must have I must have missed the fucking uh the mule during yeah. during this scene. Well, she takes that down to the wedding, but Pierce Brosnan stops Meryl Streep to say that he knows that he's the dad and he wants to be together and we get the winner takes it all from Meryl Streep and this is where she fucking slays on the side of a cliff. I mean, really the scene is only put into this movie for that reason They're like you know what this is your time let it rip yeah this is the one where meryl was in the audience watching this on stage and going i want to sing that yeah i can do that and she fucking did it and it, it once again like it blew me away at first but it it's a long song in this movie but the longer it went the better it got and I, typically i'd rather cut it short but i was like you know what we could just end the movie sing it for 20 minutes meryl and I just love how she's not just, like, standing there awkwardly and singing. Like, she's, like, acting singing, like, better than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, to kind of touch on what you said, Snort, about, you know, Meryl acting while singing. I was so enamored by that, but I was also so focused on Pierce to see how he <laughs> how he was acting just standing. Because for as long as the song is, yeah. he's legit just in the middle of it. Standing. Yeah. And normally it could look stale and awkward, but he did a, a good, subtle acting job. Well, because of this performance, she's late to the wedding and making the bride wait. <laughs> she sings so long that she's like, oh shit, I forgot. But the wedding's going on. They walk down the aisle. The priest introduces her as Amanda's family. And then Meryl stands up and says she wants to introduce or welcome her Amanda Seyfried's dad. Man, these people are just all about making scenes at the most fucking whenever fucking times. <gasps> the wedding, fucking on the docks. They don't give a shit. No, they're carefree, free people, wild spirits. The first thing I thought when, when she did pop up there to announce the dads is like, man, her fiance is going to be pissed. <laughs> that's the last thing he wanted was the wedding to be about the dads and here they are yeah because all three of them stand up at once <laughs> it's so funny these three guys have been bonding over the last like two days sharing boats together in attics and stuff they didn't talk about this at all no it was a secret Pierce Brosnan wasn't like hey Colin Firth this is what's going on I think it might be this chick's dad and Colin Firth would be like me too and then they could have been like what the fuck like they, they're, they're, they're not having this conversation no it was a secret. They were very good secret keepers. But the cat's out in the bag. Amanda Seyfried and Meryl Streep realize what's going on, what's happened. Amanda Seyfried says, I don't care if you slept with a hundred men. She still loves her. And the guys realize what's going on. And they all decide that they're going to be one third of her dad. Is that nice? Hell yeah. It's such a feel-good moment. So good. It's sweet. And she doesn't care who really is her dad. She's happy with all three. In this moment is when we realize, too, that Pierce Brosnan, he went back to his fiance that he left Meryl Streep for and said, no, I can't marry you, and flew back to find Meryl, but she was off with a boy. I wonder which one. <laughs> Mamma Mia too. here we go again. <laughs> So Sophie de 
decides to cancel the wedding. She and her fiancé are just going to travel the world, run away from the island. But Pierce Brosnan can't let a good wedding go to waste. So he proposes to Meryl Streep because he has always loved her. She says, I do. And they're getting married. It's happening. Wow. What a, what a baller move. You know, when I showed up, your daughter said nay. But Meryl, I say yay. Just like that. Like, I don't know. It, it takes some guts to just on the spot, bam. Hey, he could do it. Yeah, he could. Well, then we get the wedding reception. And we get the When All Is Said And Done song that he starts singing and she chimes in. And then by the end of it, everyone's singing together. Another super sweet moment. Felt like a true family moment. For really everybody. Because now when you're there, everybody's family. Yeah, Here at this, family. this Grease Island. You mean Olive Garden. <laughs> kind of the same. Well, we go from our sweet moment to something crazy because we get the Take a Chance on Me song. We're table dancing, jumping on the ground. It's getting wild. The party is starting. Don't, don't get me wrong. This song is a fucking banger. I was very happy to see it fucking come into this movie. But this lady fucking stomping all over the table, it, it's the fucking reception, man. People people haven't even gotten their fucking second helping of fucking roast beef yet. I, I agree, but I think at this point, too, everybody in the universe just expects, like, full song and dance to happen at any moment. They celebrate it. Yeah, like, I'm sure the menu has, like, a disclaimer. Forewarned, you order, you know, the the shrimp Alfredo. There could be some footsteps coming through. Yeah, I mean, this is the small island of wherever it's called, and they do have, you know, the, the aboriginal <laughs> thing. So, I mean, nobody would get mad. It's just that's part of being an abbot. That's exactly why everybody just has to kind of hop into it. <laughs> just accept it. Even meant by like, oh, I've never dreamed Well, everyone is having a great time. Everyone's jumping on the ground, and then... The ground breaks. The water's shooting everywhere. And we get Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Yeah. Let's restart using all of our songs again while the fucking orgy from fucking Matrix 2 fucking happens in the fountain. <laughs> Man, is the orgy why I like it better the second time around? <laughs> it might be. I don't know. This just feels like such, I say a feel good ending, but we get another song after this too, don't we? But there's a lot more ending after See, this. The, to me, this is the ending of the movie. This this is the culmination of everything and everybody together. Yeah. Well, I think the next scene, like the ending ending, is the ending because we get Amanda Seyfried and her fiancé floating off, singing, I have a dream, just like the beginning of the movie. But you realize the beginning of her movie, her movie, her dream was to find her dad's, and now her dream is to travel the world with her fiancé. Mamma Mia. I know, I get, it's her story ultimately, but I don't know. I love the boys dancing around. I love the mom group dancing around. I just don't care about the youngins in this movie. Really? I really like the book ending of it. Mm-hmm. Like when it came up, I was like, oh, that's a great way to fucking end it, you know? But this is also where I started getting worried because I didn't think the song I wanted to ABBA was going to was gonna ABBA. Was going to ABBA? I didn't think it was going to ABBA. Well, guys. This is the best credit scene in the entire world. 
in movie history. This is the best. Because we get Donna and the Dynamos back singing Dancing Queen full number. Yeah, and when Dancing Queen came on, again, like I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. This is the, the right way to do it, but this isn't my fucking song, and now I'm, I know it's not going to happen. Well, just wait, because this is a Donna and the Dynamos concert, and you're getting an encore. And then it happened. This is your song? This is my favorite Ava song. This is the one they won the Eurovision with. Oh, I, I didn't know what they won Eurovision with. I know ABBA from Mamma Mia. <laughs> Waterloo is the greatest fucking ABBA song. I love it. Dang, it really does come full circle, because then if they won an award for it, then yeah, of course it's the encore song. That's the one you come to see. Wow, I'm so happy for you, Dan. I'm happy that you, you kind of essentially got the Mamma Mia rug pulled on you. You were so, like, dead set, like, ah, oh, fuck, I guess I gotta watch the second one. Nope. They nailed it. Nope, I'm good. Waterloo. <laughs> well, this this song is my second favorite performance in the entire movie, and it's in the credits. Because the dads come out in their fun outfits, Amanda Seyfried and her fiancé are out in their fun outfits, and it is just so, so good. It's so good. It's so shiny, so bright, so disco-y, so loud. What a what a great way to end Mamma Mia, I feel like. Yeah, great homage to ABBA itself. Yeah. And guys, that was Mamma Mia. My mind. My mind, indeed. I yeah, I don't know. There's just something intoxicating about this movie on the second viewing. I'm I'm happy we got to do this. It it was a little long, that's my main complaint. And maybe it's just because I feel like there was like a million songs. But other than that, like this was great. This was a lot better this time around. Yeah, I also think it was a long buck nine, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Hey, I'll, after after my last picks and stuff, I'll take it. Is is this my favorite movie I've ever uh, shown? No, I mean, we watched Spice World. Oh, okay. Um, that's fine. <laughs> well, I have a thing. Since... This movie has the best credit scene I have ever seen in my life. And an encore. The Teach Them a Podcast will continue with an encore. Because we're going to take a quick pause, hit a little bit of the credits. And guys, I'm going to show you my favorite scene from Mamma Mia Universe. That's in Mamma Mia 2. And we're going to do a quick reaction to it. Because it's a song that's in the first one also, and I want the comparison. Hold on. Mamma Mia Universe, the MMCU? <laughs> yes. Buckle in, Dan. <laughs> Sounds like we're going on a Mamma Mia journey. <laughs> I think you're really going to like it. This is like a true like post credit scene. What the heck's happening? <laughs> okay. And we're back. And we just watched... The Dancing Queen scene from Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. I did not think I would be listening to Dancing Queen three <laughs> times in the last 140 minutes. And yet here we are. Here we are. My, my. What if I told you? You should not be surprised by things like this when you are friends with me. Noted. <laughs> okay, thoughts comparing. This sequence to the first one. 
Oh, it definitely gives Dancing Queen its fucking due, more so than the first one. Yeah, more boats is always a good thing, in my opinion. I don't know, though. Without Meryl, it doesn't have, like, the same magic. It doesn't, but the dads, they just age so well, you know? And the quality of this, and I always say it, but how many fucking people are in this? They've got boats filled with people. The island is filled with people. Yeah, I did take note of the limited boat choreography that was available, given the space they had on the bows of those things, because they were so crammed with people. Choreography was still impressive for having 40 people on a fucking little fucking skiff. It's insane. Yeah, they definitely maximized the potential on those boats. So that wraps up our Mamma Mia universe review. (laughs) MMCU. Coming at you. Which sadly means we only have one stop left on our one one more night of theater camp. One more night. One one last night to say to say goodbye to all of our old friends and all of our memories. I mean not all of them. You keep the memories. <laughs> Speak for fun. yourself. <laughs> yeah, I am forgetting about a lot of these movies. What? No. Not this one though. How could you forget about Nudist Colony of the Dead? Very easily. See, that's why we <laughs> record things and post it on the internet. <laughs> so we have one more night of theater camp. And we are ending with a very special episode. Because we are dedicating it to a friend that can, that's not here with us at theater camp this year. But we're going to gift him this. Yeah, our friend, he's still, he's still back at home, but we're, we've been writing letters the whole time telling him about theater camp and in honor of our friend we're going to be doing one of their favorite musicals that's right Chaz. we are watching repo the genetic opera i'm gonna be honest i have no idea what this movie is <laughs> me neither but but it's a chance pick and to me that's a good thing i, I maybe want to go into a blind i don't know should should i look it up no, you're going to want to walk into this one very blind. Okay. Do you know this? I do know this. I will give you a couple of little, like, just... Little breadcrumbs? Little crumbs. This is a weird fucking, like, techno-goth fucking <laughs> opera fucking musical with Paris Hilton in it. What? what? Paris Hilton's in this? <laughs> what kind of curveball is that? That's all you're getting. That's all you're getting, guys. <laughs> you say this, like, techno-punk musical. Oh, and Paris wow. Hilton shows up. Is this where she learned to DJ? <laughs> I didn't even know she could DJ. Are you serious? Yeah, she's like a real DJ. What the fuck? All right. Well, if you want to learn about Paris Hilton and Repo the Genetic Opera along with us, make sure to follow along on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Teach the Mom Podcast. Give us five stars. Leave a review everywhere you can listen to us at. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things. But that is going to do it for this week. So if you see three people in Greece dancing around, jumping in the water, but they're really, really high, come over and say hi. Might just be us. Okay, bye. Mama mia. Bye, bye. Here we go again. We're starting number two, guys. Put it on.
Check, check. Check. Checkity check. Oh, my God. That was loud. You were in my mouth for a second. No, your mouth was in my face for a second. It's the same, isn't it? Uh, okay, are we ready to do this? Uh, yeah. Remember, you're snort now. I'm snort. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you guys would do this to me. I don't talk like that. You fucking assholes. <laughs> They shot this on location, right? Like, they actually shot this in Greece? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about all these people like, should we do Mamma Mia too? Go on a Greek vacation? Yeah. 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 That'll be nice. That's probably why they all look like they're having such a great time in the first year. Yeah. <laughs> all they do is film them on vacation. Right. <laughs> I've been going to Atlanta for the last four years straight. Shooting in Mississippi and shit. too. You know we're going to have to watch the second one now. We watched it after we watched the first one way back when, didn't we? I think I demanded it. You needed to get the entirety of the MMCU. Dad, you know me. If I start a series, I got to finish it. Thankfully, this time it was only two. There's not, there's not a third one, right? No, I wish. TBD. Mama Mia 3, here we go again, again. My, my. <laughs> Mama Mia, my, my, my. Hey, she made a comeback. <laughs> oh, that poor lady. Is that one of is that one of Meryl Streep's slaves? <coughs> oh my God. She was in the first one. I th- I'm pretty sure. In my head, this is a different island now, and they brought that slave with them. Like, go get firewood while we're dancing around. <laughs> you have such grim visions of this island. Yeah, Look, everybody's here having such a great time. Come on. I'm just waiting for Rowan Atkinson to pop out. Kind of surprised he hasn't. Just behind one of those little bushes. Is Meryl in the second one? I forget. Yeah. They like, but like, they dress it a little bit, don't they? She died. That's it. <gasps> oh, shit. Spoiler. Is this Meryl's funeral? Is this how people got <laughs> to her funeral? This is how they carry the casket. <laughs> it's traditional on the island. 